Hey, Daniel, Jason here. Just heard you talking about Wonder and Wickedness. I do not have that product. Sounds pretty good, though. I will check it out. Yeah, you know, there are just so many great products out there. And most of them that are still available are pretty low cost. Now there's a more and more of these products are ending up being, you know, $20, $30 for PDF and, you know, a lot of money for print copies. But most of the older stuff for the OSR, the the and, and I'm not trying to differentiate between new OSR and old OSR or any of that, but most of the stuff you see from the older original creators is pretty darn reasonable in price. I, I mean, hardbacks might, you know, hard copies might be more expensive now if they're out of print, but the PDFs are pretty cheap where a lot of the newer OSR creators are have a lot higher price tag, which to be fair, you could argue that most PDFs are underpriced for the work the authors and, and artists and all put into that PDF. PDF pricing is pretty wonky. But the upside of the wonkiness is these older OSR products are pretty cheap, and there's some pretty amazing stuff in there. So you, you can get a lot of bang for your buck. Anyhow, keep up the great work. I'll talk to you soon. That was Jason from the Nerds RPG Variety Cast opening the show, commenting on Wonders and Wickedness. It's funny you say that because... And I think the PDF is relatively inexpensive, like maybe five, six, seven dollars, definitely less than ten dollars. I remember buying some of the stuff from Lost Pages early on and thinking to myself, wow, these are actually kind of expensive books compared to everything else I'm seeing that I would consider OSR, right? Where things were like three, four, five dollars for PDFs and there weren't even print copies available, or there was print on demand, which you could get good deals on Lulu if you held out long enough. And these books, I think when I bought Wonders and Wickedness, it might have been like fifteen, sixteen dollars, and you got the PDF with it. So, you know, now you're right. You see PDFs for $20, $25. And I'm with you. Like, I understand that there's a lot of work that goes into even just a PDF, but it can sometimes feel like you're not getting something when you only get a digital copy, if that makes sense. So, like, if I see something that's a PDF for $25, but then it's $35 for a print book, I usually just get the print book myself. <laughs> that's generally how I handle that. But this actually ties into my subject today, I think. And people that have been around longer than me can tell me if I'm right, but. I think a lot of early OSR stuff came from the blogs and the Google Plus collaborations, and this is also relevant to my thing tomorrow, and these products were basically, I don't want to say labors of love, because even a commercial product should be, in my mind, a labor of love, but you know, you already have a blog, you're posting your ideas on your blog, your stories, your adventures, your your systems, and then you decide, you know, I'm going to put this together as a PDF to make it available to people in an easy format, and I'm going to just charge five bucks or three bucks or pay what you want on uh, DriveThru RPG so that people can have access to it in an easier way. It's not that much more work for me just to throw it together in a simple PDF. But now... I think that there is, and I've talked about this before, there's this change where people are wanting higher production values. So now people are like, well, you know what? Using that free art is not going to work anymore, right? Using that um, you know, royalty free art, using the just laying it out in Word is not going to work. So I want to get an editor and a layout person, and I want to get custom art for my product. And now it might just be a PDF, but now you've invested hundreds of dollars in something that you've already created. Like you already had the work, right? But all this other stuff it costs, and you want to reclaim that, so you make your PDF $15, $20. I honestly don't know if that's a better idea or a worse idea. I guess people that are successful at selling PDFs can probably tell me if somebody's got stuff for sale. 
you can certainly call in and let me know. There will be a link in the show notes, of course, how to reach the show by clicking on the anchor link. You could also reach out to me on Discord. Uh, join my Discord. There's a link there. Or I'm on Audio Dungeon and Clerics Wear Ringmail. But let's get to the subject. You're going to actually hear another intro because I didn't realize I had a message <laughs> until this morning after I already recorded it. So you're going to hear me introduce myself again. So I won't do it now. And let's get to it. Hey there. Welcome to Bendit's Keep. It is OSR October, day 15, just about halfway there. And I want to jump back into the blogosphere, as they used to call it. Maybe they still call it that. To uh, you know, Like I've said a couple times already, I love that OSR October is getting me looking at all these blogs I haven't looked at in forever. And one of them is BX Black Razor. I can't remember the exact article that I originally came to this blog for, but there's lots of fun stuff here. I haven't been looking at it in a long time, and I thought maybe I'd read his most recent blog post, but then I decided, nah, let me just kind of search around at some of the more popular things. And I looked at the keywords on the side, and I found Boot Hill. And some people, and I know that a lot of people, uh, Rob especially, said that he looks at OSR as TSR, D&D equivalent, basically. But I've heard some people talk about OSR as in old school rules, as some of the other games people were playing back then as well are the ones coming back, things like Boot Hill. So I'm going to look at this article. I'm going to look at one other one. And because I think this article gives you the flavor that I feel is important or is part of the OSR for me. He starts off by saying that Lord Guywood's latest post discusses a homebrew game of Cowboys versus Zombies. His buddy is running using Star Frontiers. Uh, BX Black Razor goes on to say that he doesn't think Star Frontiers is great for modeling that kind of thing. And plus, there's Boot Hill. And what, what he goes on to do here is to look at the rules that are in Boot Hill, to look at some supplementary rules, which were in one of the modules, which if you came to this scene later, or you don't actually have the older stuff, you've only got like retro clones and stuff, you may not realize that in a lot of these games, the... Every module brought forth new rules, for the most part, and also new monsters. That's usually where stuff came from. So if you uh, listen to the to Monster Man, he often talks about when, when he was talking about the, uh, oh, I forget what the Beck Me book he was talking about. He would always refer back to, this came from this module, because that's really where a lot of the new monsters came from in those systems. But anyways, I digress. But he talks about a rule here for fighting animals, and then he, of course... Uh, talks about how he would use that with zombies. And I think the important part here to me is that for me, the OSR is about looking at what we have, that is rules that exist, TSR, D&D, Boot Hill, rules for fighting certain things, all these other things, and then expanding on that and using our experience or our creativity to create new rules and systems Sometimes directly at the table, rulings, not rules, right? That whole uh, mantra. But sometimes when we're just sitting around going, you know what? I want to run a game that's Buck Rogers. How would I do that? Should I start from scratch? Or should I look at what already exists, already works, my players are already comfortable with, and adjust it to work with that theme? That's not to say you can't do that with just about any game system. But I think the simpler game systems work better, number one. And I think the spirit of the OSR is that. So if you play 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons or Pathfinder 2 and you are constantly tweaking the rules, moving things, changing stuff, making your own house rules, doing all these things, you know, you might just be OSR. 
Okay, so I also wanted to look at this post, which is from the first year the blog existed, 2009. BX Beowulf, a single double encounter adventure. So they've got a post here, which I'm not going to get into, which is called single encounter adventure scenario. So that's pretty cool. You can check that out. And they talk about how they love Beowulf and they, they've seen every movie and read various versions of it. And their interpretation is, is Grendel is probably a buffed up bugbear in, in at least one version. So effectively, he's created a, a scenario based on the based on the story, right? Hargarth was once a great lord of Daneland, but of late his dominion has fallen upon hard times. The once merry hall of his stronghold Hargarth is now a dark and dismal place. So basically, his men are being killed. If you know the story of Beowulf, if not, then... Watch one of these many movies or read it. And then we've got, you know, the party arrives, obviously. They can interact and basically they want to hunt Grendel. And they've got stats for Grendel, which is kind of a buffed up bugbear, slightly more hit dice. I think not quite as sneaky as a bugbear, but pretty good and immune to weapons of less than plus two enchantment and has some spell resistance as well. So Grendel is going to take normal damage from both unarmed attacks and fire. So, again, this creates a situation where if you had a low-level party, they could use fire against it. If you've got a high-level party, perhaps they have powerful magic weapons or spells. Uh, Grendel's mother is slightly more powerful than Grendel. She's larger, fiercer version with the same immunities. And she is only encountered if Grendel is tracked back to his lair in the fens or if Grendel is slain, in which case she'll come back. In her lair lies the ruins of several adventurers that went searching for Grendel in an ancient two-handed sword plus two that can uh, pierce the hide. Okay, so basically if you go into the lair and you steal this sword, so maybe you can plant that as a rumor, then the sword will actually be effective against uh, these creatures. Otherwise, you've got to fight them with unarmed attack, magic, and fire, which of course fire is going to be difficult in a watery lair. So this could be a really fun adventure. I'm really tempted to run it, and I'm definitely going to, not on the middle of this podcast, but I'm definitely going to click on this post here and check out Single Encounter Adventure Scenario, because that sounds like a really cool post. This, to me, anyways, the blogs were the beginning of OSR for me. I know that there were lots of forums and stuff, but this is where I first kind of discovered OSR-type stuff, so definitely check out BX Black Razor. I'll put a link in the show notes. Also, I have a new sign-off uh, sent to me by Ray Otis. It should be, gamers, roll on. So I'll probably say that at the end. But before I end, I just want to say, check the show notes. If you want to join my Discord, you can send me a message there like Ray did. You can attach a voice file or just send me a typed out message. You could also use the link to the Anchor webpage to send me a voicemail if you would like. And there's a link to my Patreon down there if you want to support the channel. Until then, gamers, roll on.